Hello, everybody. This is David Goldsmith, and welcome to the Age of Infinite. Personally, when I look into the future, I hear the, that we might be entering into the fourth industrial revolution, which is connected devices. And I think to myself, really, is that the future? I also hear about we're going to be going to planets far beyond and everywhere else in the world. And I say, okay, is that our lifetime? I want to be more pragmatic here. We're looking at infinite possibilities and infinite resources through our podcast. We're making it real for everybody. And our podcast is brought to you by the Project Moonhound Foundation. We're looking to establish a box with a roof and a door on the moon, a moon hut, the moon hut, through the accelerated development of an Earth and space-based ecosystem. Then to use those endeavors, that paradigm shifting, the innovations, and turn them back on Earth to improve how we live on Earth for all species. And today we're going to be exploring humankind emerges on this planet to bring life to other planetary shores. And we have with us today, Steve Wolf. How are you, Steve? Very good, David, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Steve uh, is the Deputy Executive Director of Spacecom. He's the co-founder of Beyond Earth Institute. You can look all this up online. And just in our little pre-conversation, I realized, I was told, I was informed where we actually met. The, Steve and I met in my first ever, my first ever space conference in 2014 in Hawaii at the Great Giant Leap. Now, to give you a sense of this, I knew nothing about space, and it would be the equivalent of showing up at a PhD conference in the wrong language. We're talking about dragons and thrusters and kilograms and, and traveling, and I, I, was, I was as lost as can be. I felt like after the first day I was typing as fast as possible. I felt like the 13th warrior with Antonio Banderas, if you've ever seen it, where he figures out a language by listening to other people speak. And through that event, one of the people I met was Steve. So thank you, Steve, for reminding me of that. That was amazing. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great, great experience. A very auspicious. It was, um, I was very fortunate to go there. And actually, I was invited out to that conference to talk about this, um, this very topic. Uh, my, uh, the book that it was based, that these thoughts are based on uh, had just come out. So uh, I was invited out there. I don't sure. I'm not sure if you caught that uh, my my session, but, um, uh, but I we... I remember one. There were a few things I remember from that event. The first Buzz Aldrin was there. The guy who put the rover on the comet out of France was there. These were a lot of people who've been in space forever. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Hank was Hank was there. Who was was he? Tetris guy. He, he owns Tetris. Hank Rogers, uh, yeah. Yeah, Hank Rogers. And I think if you remember me, I was the one saying, no, that won't work. And no, that won't work. And no, that won't work. <laughs> so it was an ex it was really a neat event. So I don't remember if I saw yours or not. To me, the whole event was surreal. I, I stepped out of Earth into this meeting. And no, it was it was it was phenomenal. It was very 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 technically oriented, and um, I had the distinct honor, I guess. I at least I feel that that it was an honor to 
to give a uh, uh, a presentation prior to the opening ceremonies of the of the program, uh, where we talked about you know what is it that motivates humankind to want to expand beyond Earth, right? So it was um, it was time to discuss uh, take a moment to talk about the philosophy of, of that which is motivating us uh, before the, the the conference, of course, dug into a lot of highly technical things. So it was, uh, it was a great opportunity. It was a, an unbelievable event. And for me to be there was just, I was the odd man out on the, on the cruise. So I'm assuming you have an outline for the two of us. So tell mm -hmm. me, uh, I'm assuming you have an outline. Can you give it to me, please? Yes. So the outline, the outline is first, how it all began, the big bang and the principles of expansion and complexity. Wait, how it all began, the big, <laughs> the big bang. <laughs> and I'm going to put dot, dot, dot. So it's we'll it's it a very narrow topic, obviously. Yeah, well, no, no, the big bang. Uh, what was the rest of it? The big bang. Big bang and the principles of expansion and complexity. Principles of expansion and complexity okay next next is the story of of a maturing earth maturing earth that was an easy one next mm -hmm. next the evolutionary impulse hyphen humanity humanity actually does have a purpose actually has a purpose Mm -hmm. Okay, next. Next, how do we know humanity has a purpose? The six endowments. Humanity has a purpose. I'm going to write an essay here. The <laughs> sixth and six endowments. Okay, next. What are humanity's or humankind's obligations? Kinds obligations. Okay, next. And what is the seventh endowment and why is it so important? The seventh endowment and why is it so important? I feel like seven eaves. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, which I've what I've shared with you is that I don't know anything about what we're going to talk about today. I don't have, we've never discussed it. I have a piece of paper in front of me. Help me, teach me, teach me this. Let's start with number one, how it all, be, uh, how it all began, mm -hmm. the, the big bang and the principle of exponential, principle of exponential and complexity. Right. So, you know, when um, we're talking about the, you know, what is what is that which is driving humankind to want to expand beyond Earth? And in contemplating this question, really over over, I literally over a lifetime. I don't know why I haven't been able to let this go. But you know, as you as you <laughs> as with many things, as you peel back the layers of the onion, you know, you start to see patterns and in this case in order to explain that one little that one little uh, uh, motive internal motivation the story really gets very very big and actually encompasses the entire universe 
and if you will bear with me, we'll maybe be able to connect all the dots. Um, my mind, my mind is racing, trying to figure out where you're going to go. So yes, yeah, go ahead. So no, we we you know every, we all know uh, the story of of the Big Bang, 14 billion years ago, the uh, the universe began, right? And it was um, in a Big Bang, and it was a cloud of undifferentiated particles in a, 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 a extraordinarily small fraction of a second. Um, all of matter that exists today in the universe was released in that single, in that single moment. And, uh, and what happened during that period? What happened during that period? Immediately, the, the, uh, the two aspects of that, un that, that, event, two aspects of that event. One was, is that the particles were expanding, right? Yeah. And we're still expanding today, right? We know that the scientists tell us that the universe is continuing to expand. Based upon trajectory collapsing. and distances that are happening. And distances, between. right. Yeah. We, know, we, we, we know this from science. And then yeah. we also know that almost immediately within literally uh, uh, three minutes, uh, the first, uh, well, within less than a second, uh, the, the undifferentiated particles began to coalesce into identifiable subatomic particles. Within three minutes of the Big Bang, there was, there was the first atoms appeared in, in the universe. And so, and, and ever since then, of course, it's been a process of increasing complexity, right? So atoms coal, atoms, atoms coalesced into, into, into molecules, uh, gathered into rocky bodies, gathered into stars and planets and galaxies. And then ultimately, ultimately uh, uh, th th these on rocky planets that were bombarded by, by, uh, by uh, uh, molecule fragments from exploding stars um, and so forth, life emerged out of that process, right? So it's, um, so we know two things from this, that, uh, that, that the universe is expanding and it's, and it has been increasing in complexity. And so, and we will be returning to this as we continue our discussion. Okay. So and, now and I, I've got a, the, the question the, here before we go. Go ahead. Sure. The, the one thing uh, I had, how we had Howard Bloom on just recently, and th this whole thing that we all know always gets me to say, I'm not sure we know. We assume we know. I mean, <laughs> well, it's the theory. The, it's the, 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 the theory theories. is. It's yeah. there just this topic alone to believe we there was nothing and then there was something. I don't believe the human mind can completely comprehend that. Well, right. And you could, uh, well, and, and right, we could get into actually a very long uh, conversation, I suppose, on the on, on the theory of the Big Bang. Um, but we can, um, but I think that if you just look at even even not even going back that far if you look at the evolution of the universe um 
we can see that it's been that that it is expanding. So that seems to be things like to expand. And this is really my my essential point is things like to expand, and then things like to move towards um, complexity, right? So you know, so so and then that kind of gets us to the story well, of but, the but journey. But things earlier. like to expand is is a, a hypothesis in and of itself because I don't know if. Everything mm -hmm. likes to expand. Do, does everything? I mean, when you say it that way. Well, you're talking about a, te a universal tendency, right? So not every, you know, when you, uh, not everything is a certain way, but there are, there, there's universal tendencies. And that's really, that's what we're going to be talking about here is brought is, is general tendencies. So we're talking. Uh, because, right, we're, you, because when you talk about, when you talk about the human motivation, just back to human motivation to expand into outer space, well, as we well know, you and, I, you and I feel that immensely, right? That desire, that passion and all that. But we know that there are a lot of people out there that don't feel that way at all, you know, and don't see it, don't get it. So, um, so I'm, going to, I'm going to say that there's a tendency, right? Uh, towards expansion and towards expansion beyond earth right and that sort of that that tendency actually has to overcome other kinds of uh, tendencies or actually I don't call them tendencies uh, inertia right so there's there's inertia that is keeping us sort of anchored here on this planet and so this tendency to expand outward or desire to spend outward has to overcome the 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 the, the opposite uh, uh, efforts and opposite inertia. So if I was to reframe this, because I'm trying to make sure that I've got your angle on this or the way to 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 grasp it is the it's not that the universe wants to expand or it go that it wants to go to complexity is what you're saying is we have discovered that because it was a bang, the universe is expanding. So therefore, we are, we're stuck in billions of years of expansion. That's where we go. Our, our universe will continue to expand until it doesn't. And then on the complexity side, we have seen through time that from a, what you said, the, the molecules turning into atoms and par subatomic particles and then to atoms is that we have seen that a complexity is continually forming. Therefore, we can continue to believe that complexity will continue to form. Did I yeah, said it right? Essentially, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's been, and uh, yes. And, and these are, and I would, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm postulating here, obviously, is that, uh, or yeah, uh, that these are, uh, these are, uh, uh, tendencies that are at, that are at work, right? That have been at work in the universe from the beginning, and they're at work uh, now. They were at work in the evolution of the planet and life that is on the planet. So, okay, uh, yeah, that so, yes. that, so, that, that I can that's get. It. That's yeah, it. so mm -hmm. one to say is that we tend to gravitate toward a complexity. It's probably to say that we are we see a complexity continue, and we know we're expanding. So therefore, that will continue. There's there's nobody stopping that. 
or nothing stopping that. So we can put that into our formulaic reasoning that it will continue for at least a few more billion years. Right, right. Okay. And, and we'll as as we as we walk as we walk through this, um, I'll return to this as well. We'll talk about examples of the expansion and complexity and how it works and how this is sort of a. Um, I mean, it is also, you know, it, it is also the basis of the uh, of, of the opposites, you know, that um, it is in a way the 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 yin and yang of the universe, the, the male, the female. Um, there is, you know, the the ex expansion is is the male outwardness, the, the, you know, wanting to go out and the complexity is the female is the nesting is the is, is is that aspect so it's like how do we coalesce and protect and so forth oh wow um so i, I had never ever thought of it in that way mm -hmm. you brought in two two distinct yin and yang yin yang so now you've got that they're that they need one each other i don't know if they need right another. so i think the root of this the root of this even though you could look at it from a you can look at it from a, a, a cosmological standpoint, but also the uh, ultimately this is is influencing uh, the the balance of the universe as well. The universe is balanced by its its ability to expand outward and then to and then to become complex. Um, and I wouldn't just say contract or through gravity, but through um, some you know of complexity, meaning not just not just dirt clumping together. After all, you know, particles didn't just clump together, they came together to form something more complex that ultimately resulted in in life and all sorts of other good things. Hmm. Okay. I'm I'm following you. <laughs> okay. 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 No, so, no, it's it's great because I my what happens just so you know, if you, you knew me, uh, you know me now for six years, I didn't realize that, is my mind immediately just hits a uh an explosion of ideas and so i'm mm -hmm. saying okay how does that work how does the complexity gravity pulls atoms or some type of forces pull them together so they create how is that creation so i just went through like evolutionary biology uh all in my head in a matter of a few seconds to say where does it interact and where does it so i'd like to hear more mm -hmm. good well so the you know this um and so the evolution, as I mentioned, the, the universe uh, carries on the, the the massive clouds of, of gas and, and and atoms ultimately form into galaxies and stars and um, and and planets, right? And then eventually, of course, uh, planets, uh, particularly our planet. Now we'll just focus on our planet. Is seeded with uh, what uh, what's called the uh, it's called star stuff, right? That um, supposedly the building blocks of life, um, you know, fall into the primordial soup, uh, shake well, and out pops um, out pops life, and um, and uh, the and and then and then we see, and I don't, and then we see from that emergence of life on Earth, right? And um, the however that mechanism works, which which is probably a whole other no no so so i, I mm -hmm. want to know what because it is seeded with this stuff of stars so the, I, I get that that all these particles came together so we came from the universe after the big bang and I had to come from there 
Do you believe as this? Carl Sagan tells us, right? Yes. Yes, Carl Sagan. Yes. Uh, if do you believe your personal belief that this, as you call it, soup of life, the soup, has it created life like humankind anywhere else, or creatures that can do the types of things that we can do? What's your thought? I, yeah, I believe I, I believe that it has. Um, I believe that just just speaking very very generally that once the conditions for life exist, and I can't imagine that we are unique amongst planets and anywhere in the universe, once, and, and, and I don't know what the range of the conditions that are, that are requisite would be, but once those conditions are right, I, I think that yes, that, that life does emerge. There is a tendency Again, it gets to this this complexity thing. Eventually, uh, things get complex to the point of of, um, of of creating life, right? So I do I, I do I do think that that it it is something that um, when that, when you look up at night, you say there's something or somebody or some something out there. Yes, yes, yes. The only difference yes. is that their knees bend backwards. <laughs> right, it may be something like that. Exactly, it might be, and and yeah, and uh, and whether they're, you know, whether they're already here or whether you know, oh, okay, there are hundreds, you know, whether you know, other questions like that. I just sort of put to the side because you know, I, I, it's not, I, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen the, you know, I haven't seen the proof, um, and and uh, hopefully we'll see proof at some point uh, that life exists. Uh, hopefully we'll see proof that life exists in this solar system mm-hmm. and that alone would be a game game changer we just realized we just saw that there's um, a possible signs of life were uh, apparent in the gas of venus uh, and how awesome is that if if that were to be the case i um, I, I saw that a little bit can you just describe i'm assuming you read a bunch of, a lot about this can you give me a little bit of what they found yeah, no, and I'm not the right person for that. No, no, I mean, that's okay. I read, just, just us talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, there's there's a chemical signature that the scientists were able to detect within the within the clouds of Venus that implied that they were um, that um, that that could only have been produced, or I shouldn't say only that that it, that, that it was possible. Uh, it was a type of thing that life forms would would create, you know. Um, so, I you know I think we're talking about microbial mm-hmm. uh, life if 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 it's there or at all. So, and that's really the extent. I, I would not. I I, <laughs> I, I, I would say, to say anything more would would probably you know, uh, uh, really not, not do the, the real reports any service. I encourage people to look that up. Well, I, 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 you know, there's only so much you could look up. One of the challenges that I say is there's a whole group of individuals, uh, putting in classification. I don't want to do too much of a broad brush who believe that we are the creatures of the universe and that's it. And that we go out. But then there are others who believe there's life in other places. And I, I really do wonder what will happen behaviorally, psychologically, to identify that it could be some that there could be life someplace else. And if there is, does that change the meaning of our lives? If if right. 
if there's a religious connotation to somebody's thinking, how can that be? Because if there's a small one, maybe there's a big one. It it changes everything because would this be the only planet that has religion? Does nobody else have religion? Or would we be, would humans be egocentric to say, well, then this would have been the beginning Mm -hmm. and others would have been later. So I think that's a, that's a huge, on this topic, that would be a huge game changer. Oh, it would. And, and, and I, I suspect that it, it will. Um, I, I would be surprised if we do not encounter intelligent life, um, certainly life. Um, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime. Um, but this also speaks to the sort of the premise of what I'm talking, what, uh, what I'm relaying here. And it, it is this, um, the next point, if you see here, well, let me, let me just continue, continue a little bit on the the maturing earth. Yeah. And, and, and it does have to get to this notion of life, the emergence of life, right? So that there is a, there is, um, there is a pattern for existence that, um, that I would, that I would, I would put forth that is, uh, is determinant of how um, how not only how the universe evolves and um, and and forms and the mechanisms that uh, that uh, that are involved in the creation of galaxies and stars and so forth, but how this also ultimately uh, plays a part in the in the create in creating the opportunities for for life to emerge, and that this. This is uh, how the universe comes into being, and how and how life emerges in within the universe is something that was present at the moment of the creation of the universe, right? Okay. The moment of the Big Bang. So let's let's slow this, down for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is the heavy. This is the heavy part because. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I obviously I just put the hammer down. <laughs> it's like wait. Right. So you're. Just try to the summary. You can help me. This you're saying sure. that you believe sure. that the, from the inception 14 billion years ago, and I always forget that number. I don't know why. 14 mm-hmm. billion years ago, that the that inception also meant inherently that there will be an inception of eventually there will be the creation of uh, creatures right. species on this planet. You believe they're connected. Yeah. That's right. That there would be, um, and 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 I, I, the analogy that we can use is that the, you know, uh, life at uh, uh, a child, an infant, or whatever, uh, 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 a a uh, a fetus comes from comes from nothing, right? And yeah. it's uh, it's just a little bit of DNA code that mushes together. Um, there's nothing there essentially, and um, but there's a code. Right, the code determines determines what that you know adult uh, being will be like in many many ways. Not every way, but in many ways. Um, and I think just as we have that kind of a DNA, I would say that there is a DNA of a kind that um, that informs the evolution of uh, of the universe. 
So, right? and therefore, and therefore, it informs all aspects of that. And um, and if so, if I so may, just the, okay. add clarity. Are you mm -hmm. saying it that in that DNA it was going to be on Earth, or that it would just happen someplace? Right. I would say that it would happen someplace. Right. Okay. So, so we the, know that. Um, well, and like a seed, like a like a like a tree, for example, an acorn is planted. You know, no two trees are alike. The branches twist this way and they twist that way. Um, you know, probably no two galaxy, no two universes are alike, right? I'm, I'm talking about uh, multiverse uh, theories, right? So, if you have, um, you know. Uh, 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 galaxies will form this way and that way and clusters of galaxies will form this you know in, in in any variety of ways and then the conditions but but overall the conditions for life are ultimately met and then once those conditions for life are, are met therefore life is an, allowed to emerge and 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 then you know you see that once once life emerges then we begin the process of the planetary ecosystem uh, coming into being, right? And coming into being and maturing. And I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, on one sense, it's kind of hard to sort of think in those terms. And another sense, we, we so readily uh, are willing to um, accept that life were to form, uh, life is, is able to form on other, other planets and other galaxies and so forth. And there's, there's all sorts of, um, calculations on how many uh, how many habitable uh, civilizations there are or, or worlds there are and so forth out there how many civilizations might be out there that are like ours um, and uh, you know we need some way to explain that, well, how that yeah and I'm, I'm I'm following you and at the same time I I've I've wrestled with this construct there's this belief that some things just happen. That's randomness. That your that your life, your meanings, your interactions, everything you do is random, and therefore you have you have free will. But there's the other side. I believe you can't be in the both same camp because they once one is chaos theory or randomness, and the other one is that things happen for a reason, and that they do happen, and therefore there's a predetermination that they will happen. So it, you're almost leaning towards when the Big Bang happened, there was something that 14 billion years ago stuck in a little said, a little code that said, by the way, in 14 billion years or in 12 billion years on another planet, another place in time, this will happen. Mm -hmm. Are you right. saying it was that, that, like this was preordained? Well, yeah, I mean, preordained is not not uh, not the not the best word. I know it's not I the best. It was the only one I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was I was word. searching for one, but I couldn't find it. It's a good word. I, I think we I think we need to be willing to um, to think in these terms uh, because if you think about the universe and its evolution as a whole. And if you, especially if you're thinking about multiverses, that we're not the only universe, that there are any number of infinite uh, multiverses out there that are all kind of the same or maybe slightly different. Um, 
the it is it and that they all would have well we don't know about any other universe we only know about this one but um but that there should be um uh that uh that we should have gotten to this point you know you know if there really wasn't some sort of um plan you know uh and and uh, or 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 a guiding principle or guiding code that was you know more uh had had more information in it it was the, so that the evolution was informed by something right so uh-huh. i don't want to get into the whole god thing because i think that that's and I, I i don't really ascribe to that i think that these i think this process is ultimately a very natural uh, process. Uh, and just and like at the, the at the same time, the way you're describing it, though, for at least for me, um, it's almost as if. Well, let me ask: Would it be that there could have been many different, let's call them DNAs, because that's what you used, many different DNAs, and Earth looks like one? Um, if I was to use space words, planet X four nine four three four A P instead of uh, a, a human word, uh, that planet has a different DNA sequence, and therefore it is prime. Or are mm-hmm. we making the assumption that the DNA blocks for life only are arranged in the way in which we know them? Yeah, no, that's that's a good question because I, I think if that were to be the case, like say that there was, you know, say say that there was some sort of code that was non-human that that, that, that the life would emerge some other way, or intelligent life, intelligent civilization, in some other way that was dramatically different from our own, I would say maybe maybe there's a reason for that in terms of the full scope of the future continuing evolution of the universe right so we're we're emerging into a certain we're just becoming spacefaring so uh, spacefaring people right now um if we connect with other uh, spacefaring civilizations you know what does that mean right so that yeah. whole thing you know and that might not be for another thousand years well, and I- to a certain extent i don't i my thinking doesn't go <laughs> my thinking doesn't go that far uh, but it's a it's a it's a good thing to to discuss. To, I mean, I to, when I when I I try not to be a human centric when I when I analogize to space because it changes paradigms, and and to think that there are a hundred billion suns in uh, it was a hundred billion. Now I'm getting it wrong. We've we've identified a hundred billion galaxies, and those galaxies are made of billions of stars and and, uh, and planets circling circuit and moons that when if you were to take the complexity of that let's use complexity as the word it's so complex that there are so many that are made up of so many different concentrations of uh, components that there is a chance that there could be many different types of dna and that to believe that there would be one, to me, is human-centric. Right, and I, I agree with that. I, I, although 
you know, I I would agree with that, and um, I, and in and in terms of what constitutes this um, this DNA that that makes life and what makes intelligent life, may be highly determinant on the environment itself. So, mm -hmm. um, you know that we know that the tendency is that life is created, right? And the and the tendency is that life over time evolves and becomes more and more complex. Using, tendency, earth, using earth as its own earth. example. So using earth, the presumption is, is that this is not unique, right? Obviously, right. Correct. if that were not to happen on another planet, life would never go anywhere, right? Or, <laughs> or what I'm saying is it could go in a completely different direction because there was another whole, there was another DNA set. Oh, right, exactly. But right. And there may be, and whether that, you know, what, what I'm getting at is, um, what am I getting at? So you, and it gets back to the, well, getting back to the tree species, you know, yeah. kind of thing where, you know, you plant a tree in different locations. Um, they look a lot different. They, yeah, that's true. And they're, they're no two are the same. They can, um, they, they, um, they adapt. Now, what we could be seeing is, like I said, the unique, but, but just, but just, um, uh, but let's get back to the story, if you will, about the sure. maturing Earth, and 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 uh, we can, there'll be plenty of other things I'm sure you want to dig into. Yeah. So uh, as I was just mentioning, you know, you, you know, know, I have you've heard the end. I have fun on these. They take. <laughs> no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I was look. I was definitely looking forward to it because um, I, I I enjoy this more than just about anything else. And and to be honest, there there's not a lot. lot not enough people out there put it that way uh, that I can have these conversations with. So. Well, thank you. I, I do enjoy this. I enjoy exploring. So this is a, the exploration we can really. of space. So yeah, I love it. That's what this is. And, you know, and I think what uh, it, it's one of these things that, you know, where I, you know, one of these things you just sit down and you contemplate and you contemplate, and then, you know, you just got to start writing it down, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and then you say really that that david guy oh my god he's gonna be a pain oh was that a, <laughs> no no <laughs> so, so okay let's take this maturing life this maturing yeah. um so earth. you're 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 um so again you have what's interesting so now what's uh you know so now we maturing life on earth from a you know uh from a single celled organisms to multi-celled organisms to um, eventually evolving into uh, plants and then uh, and then and then animals and you see uh, and here we have the we see this 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 process of what expansion and complexity right uh, evolution is moving towards ever increasing complexity generally speaking ob obviously there as my son reminds me there are dead alleys in, in Darwin's theory where uh, and in an expansion, I mean, every living thing wants to expand, wants to multiply and, 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 uh, and expand. Uh, now and, I get the expansion. I couldn't mm -hmm. get your expansion, but now <laughs> I get it. You, we want to multiply as a, as a, as an example of expansion. Yes, that, that is, that is our, that is our right. So, uh, and so sort of that's, and then that's where we, and, and then, um, and that's an evolving planet that where we are, where we have had gotten to for humans, we, the planet that was teeming with life in the oceans and in the forests and 
vegetation was everywhere and the ecosystem was beautiful and balanced and yes there was uh you know there was a food chain and there was violence but there was beauty and all this good stuff and wow wasn't this great right and why <laughs> the hell why the hell do we need humans <laughs> to come around we, and we had a good thing going thing. didn't we <laughs> the earth had a good thing going <laughs> The earth had a good thing going and uh <laughs> we are the virus i think is the matrix and then we were the virus right <laughs> well so that is it that's the that's the um that's the what many people say right that the, that humans came along and we were the virus and we began to do nasty things and of course um uh, once the industrial age hit, we got really nasty in terms of how we treated um, the the, uh, the earth and the environment. Now, what I'm going to say here is a little bit um, is is definitely radical. Um, okay. In, in, in that regard, remember, I'm the guy that. who showed up at a space conference and told people they were wrong. By the way, most of them didn't make it, but I won't I won't say too much about that. So okay, so be radical. <laughs> Right. So the what I what I suggest is that that humans and their abilities, the things that they were endowed with beyond the, they were gifted beyond any other species, and those things that allowed them to become civilized and allowed them to evolve technology and that technology over time becoming what? More and more complex. That that was something that needed to happen because the planet itself was at a, at a point where it was fully matured and it needed to engage the reproductive process. Right. So okay. we have a living organism, the planet as a living, beautiful organism needed an agent to emerge within her body that would eff effectuate the transference of the collective DNA that makes up that makes up the world and transmit that to other to other shores. And, and the and reason this was also in the original DNA that it would grow to a point and then overtax its planet and then it would go someplace else. Well, right, and I wouldn't even well, yes, yes. And because so, you used I mean, the word I, I'm going to pick on you. You said civilized so so we, we became a civilized I don't know sometimes I have to question that and yes we generated technology so so we were so yes I mean if you want to go back to the the original sort of this DNA code it, it um, you know um, the information you know obviously if you're speculating on a on some sort of DNA code that was in existence at the beginning of this of the of the universe, um, you you would add this to it that that part of the pro you know that there there would be a process by which and let's go back to the exploding stars that are depositing their 
organic uh, molecules onto a planetary surface and life emerges. So that is a process that, you know, happened on Earth and it's happening all over the universe. So and kind of, process, so that, kind that, of like a plant has grown up, it develops its seed, it's no longer, and it has to spit it out and it goes someplace else. That's right. And so we are the we are the the agents within her body that will create the um, we'll just say the the acorns or the seed pods, literally, right, with a harder hard external shell, yeah. and carry the soft uh, the soft DNA material uh, to other other planetary shores. And what's interesting, you know, is that this has been an unconscious process. For the last 50,000 years, ever since we sort of came off the trees and came out of the forest and started, you know, walking upright and we started using stone tools and we started to, you know, we, our, our brain mass started to um, problem solve. And uh, it was all in the ultimately, and what I'm suggesting is ultimately, it was all in the service so that what? So that we could get to where we needed to get so that we could carry the seeds of life. So, now, so, fo so follow what's me What's interesting is if, okay, you look, if you look at the, if you look at all throughout history, what has been one of the things that has fascinated, fascinated culture or present in culture after culture, it, it, is, the, it is the monolith, it is the totem, it is the, uh, it is the pyramid, is that it is the tower, right? That is uh, that reaches to the heavens, um, and so this, the what I'm saying is the rocket, the image of the rocket, the future rocket that would take people off of this planet, was embedded into the psychology of the and and is a driving force for civilizations ever since we began to do things you know other you know so i got i've got two points here but let's take the first one <laughs> so do you believe that we have been visited and maybe these were brought to us i i don't um i i i um <clears throat> i don't doubt I, I that may be a possibility but i also think that these <clears throat> these commonalities like uh, these ufo uh ancient UFO uh, types like to talk about how there's the commonalities between these cultures and they're all doing the same thing. I think it's as easily uh, uh, explained, not, not because um, ancient aliens came around and, and, and taught the same things to all these different tribes. I think that the, that that tendency was, uh, that tendency and desire and commonality was part of the of this original original uh, 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 DNA. That I think if they're going to come, they're not going to be in a rocket. They're going to be in a ship. And that wouldn't have the same shape. Well, probably not. Probably not. And that's To make why, it all the way here from wherever they're coming from. Well, right. So that, that, that's more to, I guess, more to, to my point um, that... This image of the, you know, obviously I'm stretching the point a little bit, but it's okay. You see this. No one's going to hear this. In, Come on. Even in Washington. What's that? 
No one's going to say, hey, that's the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, uh, you know, you know, even Washington, D.C., you see the Washington Monument, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a that's an image of what would what would eventually that's the image of a rocket. We didn't know what a rocket looked like, you know, before, you know, the 20th century. Um, but um, I think it was in I was part of our psychology, and that that's that's what I suggest. Okay. And, and, and I I can hear you. I'm trying to go through my head and saying, does every culture on this planet have it? Uh, I don't know. You've probably well, that's the thing. It. You know, again, it, it's a matter of tendencies, right? So, again, you know, not every not every tree bears fruit, right? So, not every there's a chance that we're not going to make it. You know, well, that and, was and the next could, one. That was the next right. one. But could, could these rockets have also been very similar to, for example, the Cambodian history, which is very phallic? Could these yeah. rockets have also just been phallic? Well, you know, um, I, I, you know, it, 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 it could, could have been. Obviously, some of them were very uh, uh, explicitly so, um, and uh, so. You know, I, I, I think um, the opportunity here is to um, is 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 to contextualize our how we have evolved as humans and this this moment and and how we can explain this moment we're about where we're about to leave this planet. Um, and I think it's it's helpful to look at this in, in, in the full scope of our, of, our, of our evolution that has brought us to this very moment, you know, where, and, and even and, and interestingly, um, Elon Musk himself said this, said this very thing that I just said, uh, that we are the agents that have emerged from this planet to carry the seeds of life into space. He said that when, um, when the demo two uh, launched, right at that that same day in the press conference um, okay. with uh, with Dan and Doug, you know the two astronauts. Oh, okay. Now I, I was. It, mm-hmm. This is a, um, one of the people on the Project Moonha team reminded me I was supposed to watch the launch, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't turn it on an hour and a half beforehand. I was sitting talking to my wife and I just missed that. So I didn't see so, any of that. So what I suggest is that there is a, you know, I, I looked at, I asked the question, I said, well, if what I'm saying is, if what I'm thinking, what I'm saying is true, that humans emerged here for this purpose, then how do we, how do we know that? You know, what is the, what are the clues here? So, so, so before and, we get to that, before we get to the clues, mm-hmm. I, not that you learn everything on a plane, I watch a ton of movies, but I did watch a documentary that had to do with life extinction by, by human destruction of its own. Not that in, in almost all these cases that the, there is this complexity, 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 and then you get to a point where humans actually destroy their own possibility of getting there. Right. When you hear that, and is that built into our DNA too? 
Yes, yes, and I'll get. I'll, I'll explain that. Explain. All will be explained. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, the, uh, <laughs> no, the the again. Thank you, it's, it's, Thank it's, you Master it's, or Sensei. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, there, grass, again, there, there, used to say grasshopper. Grasshopper, more like. The um, there's no guarantees, right? So um, so we're at we're at a, we're at an inflection point. I think Musk further said that. Um, that we time is limited, right? We're kind of we're kind of reaching sort of this a, a pinnacle of capability, and we kind of need to keep going up the ladder, right? And if we don't quite make enough progress, then things kind of fall back down, and then we got to kind of regroup. Um, and um, the um, uh, the what what's important about what you said though is that and again i'm going to go back to this analogy uh about um you know uh about reproduction right so we we the earth matured it now needs to send the seeds that's just what life does life cannot help doing that that's what that's what life does not a positive it's not negative it's just what life does and um, in order for the designated agent, the human race, to get to that point where it can build those seed pods and get us off, get those that DNA off the planet, it needed to stress the body. And, and isn't that exactly what a child in, in a mother's womb does, right? It stresses the pregnant woman's uh, body uh, in some cases, extremely so. Some some people have an easier time of it, and I think that's probably true for worlds. You know, other worlds that are emerging this this way, probably some some. So uh, you're saying the challenges we have on Earth are forcing us to make new choices. The challenges we're having on Earth are a result of, uh, especially as the environment, especially in, in relation to the environmental damage that we're doing is a result of a necessity uh, for us it's, to it's achieve. for it's forcing delivery it's forcing delivery right it's forcing delivery and now what's interesting about this is and extremely important is that once the delivery takes place uh, the body has to the body has to has to uh, has to heal itself Right, and there are mechanisms for the body to heal itself, and I think, and 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 so what that has done um, has created what what I call a, a twin obligation, right? So, I the the premise of this whole discussion is the notion that uh, life extending beyond Earth is an obligation that humans have to the planet that gave it life, right? So the, the, the life extending beyond Earth is an obligation that you and I, the humanity, has to the planet that gave it life. Now, the important thing, though, is when um, at the same time that we are feeling this need to extend life beyond Earth, there are some of us that are feeling are that have the role and responsibility an equal obligation to heal the planet, right? So we're kind of at this cusp where 
some of us, you and I are part of this group uh, and all the people that you're talking to are part of this group that feel a passionate need to um, extend in life off the planet. And so we are bound and determined to figure out any way how to do that. And we will do that. And there's others of in the population who feel an obligation to planetary stewardship and they're looking to repair the planet. So the two must go hand in hand. And, and guys like Bezos and Musk are kind of in this, this right, this sort of- They're on one, they're one extreme of the, this. Well, 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 Musk is particularly interested because he's, he's as interested in restoring the balance within uh, with, uh, the ecological balance as much as has, he's interested in expanding life. So he's sort of holding both of these obligations uh, internally, which makes him particularly uh, particularly interesting, um, and um, so these, so so this is all very important. So well, when we it's interesting. You you don't know enough about Project Moon Hub, but our narrative is to create a box with a roof and a door on the moon, which is Bruce named us Project Moon Hub from NASA. Uh, box with a roof and door on the moon through the accelerated development of an Earth and space based ecosystem. Then to take those endeavors. Those that paradigm shifting and those innovations and turn them back on earth to improve how we live on earth for all species. So we're literally, I mean, I, it's kind of weird. We're literally doing everything you're saying. We are looking to accelerate and get us off the planet as fast as possible because it's not, it's like we have a quarter around our neck. We're not getting there as fast. And then what we're doing is saying, but by getting off the planet, we will solve earth's challenges. That, right. that is our whole narrative. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's great. I think, and you know, and I, and I don't think it's entirely uncommon for um, people who are interested in, in ex expanding into space to be very, very interested in the, the, the balance of the ecosystem and, and restoring um, sustainability on this planet. I, I, you know, I feel that tremendously. Um, and I know you do. Well, and, I, I'm not mm -hmm. a space person. That's the amazing... You know, I don't, mm -hmm. Steve, I never look up. I don't wake up and look outside and look up and say, I want to go out there. I don't think any of that at all, ever. Mm -hmm. I'm like the antithesis of these things, which is the surprise. So when you're describing this, I'm saying, okay, this is an interesting story. And it does fit us, which mm -hmm. I, I like, but it scares me a little bit that it, it fits us. Right. And I think that the, you know, the, the thing about this progress that we've been making, you know, technologically over all these literally 50,000 years, probably more like 100,000 years, if you talk about the first uh, stone tools that are used and very mm -hmm. rudimentary things. And it's been a very much an iterative process, right? Generation after generation. Um, obviously you went maybe centuries without much change at all, but there always were improvements on the technology. There was the always process. some, there was always improvements someplace on the planet right. happening at different paces, different speeds, different evolutions, mm -hmm. new. So yes, absolutely. Right, right. And it's a, but overall, again, looking at this trend line. So we were, um, uh, and we were marching forward uh, towards this capability. And, um, uh, and it's like, as soon as we had sort of the right set of technology in place, you know, the, in the early part of the 20th century, uh, you know, people like, um, uh, 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 uh from in Russia and, and, um, 
and uh, uh, got Robert Goddard, you know, who was uh, the, the father of rocketry, you know, you know, figured out, you know, how do we, how do we get rocket? How, how do we, how do we make rockets? And he wanted to, he wanted to make rockets and so that he could, so that they would carry people into space. Uh, Werner Braun Braun, of course, did that as well. Um, so this, this passion was, was ignited almost instantly as the technology itself suddenly was, uh, became available. Um, and uh, so, um, so, so this unconscious march to a, to a degree, the, an unconscious march has, has gone on for the, all of these thousands of years. And I think now is, you know, we, we want to, it, it would be extremely helpful if we were now conscious of this process that is unfolding, that we are already a part of, right? So we're already a part of an unfolding and developing universe. Um, I hate to I, I hate to use a, a a title, but what you're saying is you would like humankind to take a giant leap of faith that this was the actual story, that this is what's actually happening. Now, I guess my question is: Are we finding the narrative in the story that doesn't exist because we want to, or are we, or is this really what's happening? We'll never know. But what's your thought? Do you think we could right. be potentially I mean, finding it to make make rash to ra rationalize all of this? Well, I think that there's um, uh, right. Obviously, people will say that, and I think you know it's not unlike um, um, it's not unlike what um, Darwin did. I certainly don't want to put myself in the same category, but <laughs> Darwin. Um, you know, he all he had to go on was what he observed, right? All you, you know, a, 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 and 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 recording what you observed and taking note and trying to draw patterns and and uh, to see, um, you know, and and see the patterns that make sense uh, from from one species to to the other, and that's really all I'm doing here is I'm trying to I'm trying to see. Uh, what 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 the patterns are? I mean, I will say that it was um, that the central aspect of this was a was an insight, you know, that I had in a in a in a in a, in a peak moment or a, a, an aha moment. Uh, that so, then, so so tell the aha moment. Uh, well, it was. Um, I was actually on a. I was actually on a retreat. Okay. Which uh, where I had an opportunity to uh, spend time uh, contemplating and in silence and in meditation for extended periods of time. So and you went you went away to a retreat. That was the reason you went to to be in a monkish type state and that type of thing. Well, I, I didn't go away to answer this question in particular. Um, but I was I was away to and that's something that I you know that's part of part of my life part of what I like to do every once in a while I like to just completely unplug um, and just spend a few days um, a few days uh, sitting in meditation just to completely recharge my batteries and to completely um, you know completely center myself 
and um, highly recommend it to anyone. And it, it is in these moments, and this is this would be true for anyone. Um, you know, scientists talk about this all the time. Where you, it's in these moments when you are able to completely empty your head, right, from all thought and all feelings, and um, that sometimes you know, sometimes interesting stuff. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't, I don't disagree. The, the reason that this, I like the stories. I do that. I, I draw, paint, sculpt, I do carbony plumbing, electrical work. And in the past few days, I have been 20, I've been on a ladder for eight hours, no music playing, just myself painting and working. And I, I do a mm -hmm. tremendous amount of thinking. Uh, I don't sit on a beach. That's not me. I like to be involved and engaged, but yes, I unlock. So right. in your one example or what your one scenario, you went away for three days and how did the epiphany hit you? Well, um, I had had a, um, and actually, well, you don't, I know you don't want me to mention my book, but it's detailed in my book. Um, yeah, but, I, um, what the, the, um, it was, um, uh, it was a day of uh, a day of meditation um, in the uh, group meditation in the meditation hall. Let's call it that way, and um, and it was particularly sublime. You know, I had a I really was um, really was uh, a, a quite a moment, and then uh, and actually it didn't nothing happened right right then, but then that evening. Uh, that evening I was in my hotel room and I was asking myself the question again, why is that, why is it that humans are so passionate and so, and so motivated to, to expand beyond earth? And then it was, uh, it was an experience of a rush, you know, that came over me and in my vision, if you will, in my vision, I saw uh, the evolution of humankind over 50,000 years in rapid succession over the course of a few, uh, I don't know, a blink of an eye, really, of, of, of everything that we were doing, everything that we have done before was leading us to this, this very moment. And I saw the evolution of technology and of human and civilizations over and over and over and over and over again, the, 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 however many thousands of lifetimes. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's how it impressed upon me. And I just saw this and it was just, it was all, all in, a, in a very big rush. And, um, uh, and that's how it happened. And it was kind of, it was kind of wild. And I was kind of, I was kind of um, uh, uh, taken, taken by that. Um, and uh, it, it really, it really affected me and sent me on a, uh, you know, for several years after that, for, for years after that, really contemplating and then, um, and then, and then writing and putting these thoughts down and trying to put all the pieces together and so forth and try to come up with something that sounded, um, that sounded uh, 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 comprehensive. So I know this is a tough question, yet we've heard some really interesting stories, or I've heard them on the podcast, Is and you don't have to answer this, it's just a question. Some people go away to retreats, and they often will do 
some type of enhancement to get them to think differently. Was there anything unique about this experience that made, that helped you to see the light? Was there an advisor? Was there a coach? Was there a friend? Was there a storm outside? Was there, were there influences that might have influenced this? Um, <laughs> storm outside. I know, um, but you know, our our my son's dog stays here, and whenever this there's a storm outside, she goes to the center of the house, and she cannot be settled. Whenever there's thunder, she goes upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. She goes to the center of the house. So certain things do trigger people. So that's why I said storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I think it was just um, I was um, I was at an interesting point. Um, I think, and I had, um, I, I, I think I had gone into this really thinking about wh- where I was going uh, professionally, or, well, I wouldn't even say that, I was just kind of, kind of con- I was going in, in there with this, with, I definitely went in there with this thought about, um, about space and this motivation of space, and for some reason, you know, for, you know, just wanting to, to understand that, not that I went into this thing saying, I'm going to answer this question. Um, but it was something that was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, but, but I, you know, so I'm not sure. I don't know if there's anything other than having sat for eight, you know, for, for some number of hours in deep meditation, uh, where you you achieve a, d- a degree of clarity uh, and serenity of mind that allows a, a, a ground of being for um, for something else to emerge, you know, something separate and apart to emerge, uh, and some new insight to to emerge from that. It, it it's. Uh... It's interesting that you just got to this point and it, the, the storyline, Mother Earth Changes, is also a very interesting analogy to the path that you had seen. And I question a lot just in my own mind, so I'm not questioning you, is how much do we create to fill our own need or how much do we create that is real. Sure, you know. So, so not not that so you're right or wrong. This is just the discussion no, 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 about I, thinking. I, I, and I I appreciate the discussion because obviously you know I'm not you know obviously uh, there is there is that that we that we as humans look to to as, uh, ascribe meaning to things <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we're meaning creating people. That's what we do is create meaning everywhere we go. Um, uh, and whether, whether it's true or not. Um, I do think that um, I, I, I ascribe it to this, what's going on here is it more of um, like, for example, um, um, you know, a teenager, teenage boy sees a pretty girl, right? And, and it's like, oh, you know, or a girl sees a guy, it's, uh, you know, and it's, oh, you know, I really like, I really like that person. Um, they're so nice, and um, I'm, you know, and 
I, uh, you know, I'd like to get to know them and this and that. So there's this sort of level of, you know, um, that there's this level of where you're, uh, people are feeling, let's face it, people are feeling urges, mm-hmm. primordial, natural urges. Okay, you had, it's it's like you had a lot of trouble getting to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, have, you have natural urges. I'm going to put an R rated on this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what are we doing though? We have these, we have these urges. So what, but what do we do? We, we, we say, um, you know, we say that this person is, is nice and I want to get to know them. And I want to, you know, I want to, um, you know, uh, you know, there's all these other things that go on in terms of the so-called courtship that, uh, that is part of human experience. It's not R-rated or anything. You know what I'm saying. You, you, you are, um, you're, you know, so you, so this impulse, and I call it a, I call it the evolutionary impulse, which we did not get to, but I think this underlies um, much of this. So we have an impulse, an evolutionary impulse that's sort of driving us in a particular direction. And that is uh, this impulse that humans feel have been um, pushing, have been nudging us, if you will, in the direction of increasing complex Increasingly complex civilization structures. So, so increasingly let's. Complex technology. I want, so let's. We're going to move to three. Evolutionary impact. Humanity actually has a purpose. Before we do, I'd like to share that uh, over the past few days, I have one individual who has reached out to me multiple times for me to hear her opinions and to help her to die, to to understand what to me is basically conspiracy theories. I'm getting a lot of them. And every time I say, well, you know, this is, for example, this is a very American thing. No other culture that I know of goes in this direction. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely American, but it's, it's universally applied. And then I say, okay. And I'm getting photographs and imagery. So when I, I'm kind of in the, maybe the timing is right or wrong. I don't know what that answer is, but when I'm hearing what you're saying, I'm also, I've got this hat on and it's not your fault. It just happens to be, I've got this hat on of, okay, <laughs> John F. Kennedy is alive. Junior is alive or is he not? And I've, I, I'm, I'm fighting this battle of mm-hmm. where she sees things that don't exist because she wants to explain the things that she doesn't understand or like or can't interpret uh covid being at home all the time or the job responsibilities uh the the economic changes and i think to some degree as she is exploring she's finding answers so that's why you're hearing a bunch of these questions that are digging a little deeper because i'm trying to get my mind around where do we cross N- not a bad line, but different lines, because oh, you could right. be one hundred percent right, and and that's what you're hearing from me. It's it's really trying to find out what you're thinking. Right. Well, I, I hope it doesn't fall into the category of conspiracy. Theory. No, 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 no. <laughs> what it what it's it, it's an analytical mind. It's analytics mm-hmm. in the fact that you're telling me something, and I'm saying, okay, 
are so we finding it or are we that's the question are we finding right. it because so we the, need the, it? the alternate the alternate the alternative is to say that it was all you know that we you know and you know that that civilization sort of came into being and we kind of ambled along and we kind of you know we kind of progressed and fits and starts however we did it and um and and sometimes we got lucky and sometimes you know and we just um we kind of stumbled our way <laughs> not a, not a great now. story right <laughs> well i mean it's uh you know maybe that's it <laughs> and but, i don't but it's, it's I, not a great you know, story i'm not i'm not i'm not so dogmatic as to say that this you know it, it is it is one um one way of of looking at things um looking at the story of life and where we are holistically um and that's really what i'm that's and what i am really loving i'm about. loving the story and it's an interesting story so i'm not coming at it from that perspective as i'm enjoying hearing how you've evolved that's why i wanted to know how this came about it was important for me to know that you were in a room and meditation and this epiphany came to you and you saw everything in a moment, a flash of, of light to some degree where you traveled through time and you connected dots. And I'm assuming people have challenged you too, maybe not the way I am, but they've challenged, okay, is this a religious feeling or is this a something else feeling? And mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that I, I have a feeling that scientists, uh, with that when um, they finally, when when a scientist may finally connect dots, probably feels the same way. You know, I don't know if I call it religious or not. It's um, and uh, so they're going to dissect yeah. me, and they're going to say, "See, this is what was wrong with him." <laughs> to the wires were crossed. So let's take on the evolutionary impulse. Humanity actually has a purpose. Right. And I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I think you I, covered a lot. We're kind let's... of, we're kind of jumping back and forth here. Yeah. And I think what, um, you know, so you have the, um, you know, the, the universe needs to be, I mean, as we said, it needs to be moving in a particular direction, right. In order to get us to where we are. Um, so in order to get it functioning as according to uh, this, this DNA, right? Yeah. And so that requires a um, a means by which that that means by which um, uh, life or all of existence can 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 move in a particular direction and. One way of describing that is the evolutionary impulse that is that is sort of nudging in in our context in the context of humans and the uh, in the in the in the in the 20th and 21st century is nudging us in the direction of 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 expanding beyond this beyond the planet right so the it is not um, you know it's not uh, present in in everyone but it's present you know it's it's present in enough people to make to make this transition uh, people are feeling uh, this evolutionary impulse in all sorts of ways um, it could also have to do with um, how people treat other people right how do we how do we you know 
how how people take care of each other. And so this um, and so it's an important element there of how do we care for and sustain the planet? How do we take care of and, and sustain each other? And of course, how do we how do we organize ourselves so that we can so that we can um, move beyond this planet? When, so, when you when you created when we created this title, humankind emerged on this planet to bring life to other planetary sources. Do you, in your head, do you think always outside of our solar system into our galaxy? Do you think multiple galaxies? Do you think just getting off Earth? Where do you spend most of your time thinking? It's really about us and where we are right at this moment. That's okay. really very, the only thing that very, matters. The, the, the near distant future, which could be- the Near distant future, right. The, the work at hand essentially is what, uh, what occupies me. So there's a, there's a sliver of time right now um, that is really the only thing, um, you know, anything else is just, you know, interesting. At, uh, the, at the great giant leap, I went around and asked people a question. When will we get to the moon? Not even Mars. People weren't even discussing the Mars at that time at the same level they are. Nothing like that. Guess what the overall, there was not one person. What was the earliest date we would be living on the moon that I was given? No, oh, I don't know. Twenty fifty, something like that. No, it was it was twenty thirty. That would we would never make it before twenty thirty. That was the earliest. Most people were twenty thirty five before we get to the moon and live there. Okay. What do you think about that? And and Elon wasn't even named then. I mean, was, we talked about dragons. I thought we were talking about uh, Game of Thrones. I didn't realize we were talking about rockets. Now, do you when do you think that's a it'll happen earlier? You know, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I I did a I I did a, actually did a webinar where we were uh, for Beyond Earth, and uh, we asked um, a group: uh, Pete Warden, uh, Mike Gold, and uh, Michelle Hanlon. Uh, what they thought uh, would be uh, when the first human settlement in space would would occur and um it was it was it was laura montgomery rather laura said oh 20 i think she said 2050 is the earliest and uh mike gold you know who's a, a, a senior uh executive now at, at nasa headquarters so said it can't happen soon enough and then pete <laughs> warden said that oh we're gonna have that in 10 years because um, what is your thought I, I think it's I, 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 ten years. It seems ambitious. I haven't seen where that that's going to happen. I think um, I think twenty. Uh, I, I think uh, if you are, it depends on what kind of level you're, you're talking about. You know, if you have a house or roof and a, a hut, um, a door to the moon hut, yeah, a door, yeah, whatever. A, a box. Of, what what it was? <laughs> I was sitting with Bruce in Silicon Valley and uh, at restaurant. Um, stretch and what the, there's four phases to project moon and the first one i said well he he had made a bunch of statements and i was kind of tired of all of the things that were going on i did wasn't impressed by nasa and i 
after nine hours being together over multiple days, uh, over a few months, I said, Dan, would you like me to tell you how we should get to the moon? And he said, yeah. And I outlined a four-phase approach. And the first one was we'd have to have a box of the roof on the moon. And it was the Roger Bannister space that would open up insurance and banking, capital, it would imagination. It will do a lot if we get there. Instead of everybody shooting like a shotgun, everybody doing their own thing, every country doing their own thing, we should all focus and collectively get this because it'll help everybody once it's achieved. And as we're walking out the door, he said, we don't need a box of the roof. And there was an hour we went over things. And I said, oh, I, in my head, I said, oh, I screwed up. And he said, David, no, we need a box of the roof and a door. We need a home. And so about right. two years later, when I was meeting with NASA, we met every month now with a group for about uh, five years, is he said, we've named your project, Project Moon Hut, a box with a roof and a door. So that's right. how got its name. Well, yeah, that's... You know, that's great. And I think that what, um, I mean, that's, and we, we need to talk more about Beyond Earth because Beyond Earth is looking to develop the, the policy underpinning that would support that kind of uh, an initiative. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's got NASA funding. It sounds like it has NASA funding. No, no, we're not, we're not NASA funded. We are right. David Goldsmith funded and a right. lot of money for to fund this. So NASA is just like the Japanese space agencies and the Indian and, and European mm -hmm. space agency. We are, uh, we have people all over the world helping us. We are mm -hmm. actually, there are more people outside of the US than there is in the US, uh, a lot more who are helping us. So let's go on to number four then. How, how, no, <laughs> I think we've this been is jumping great because, along here a little bit. No, so, no, th yeah. that's fine. No, because it, you, you, is there something more you want to add to that we have a purpose or do you want to say that the purpose is DNA? Because I thought you were going to say we have a purpose and our purpose is X, but you're really saying that the DNA and everything with it. So is there anything at, to add to that evolutionary impulse? Right. I think that the, um, um, I, I think we could, if we can move on to, um, you know, we, we, we can talk about the six endowments. Yeah, that's what I figured right? before. How do we, right. how do we know humanity how has do we a know purpose? That, and this gets back to, right. And this, this gets back to, uh, this gets back to what I, 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 I was speaking about earlier in, in terms of, um, uh, and indeed sort of like, sort of like Darwin saying, okay, well, I have this idea that um, evolution is a thing. How do I, you know, how, how, how do we put together sort of a model that sort of can sort of point to it? And so what we looked at, what I looked at was what are the, what are the, the traits that, uh, that have, that make human, who, you, humans uniquely human from the rest of the of the animal kingdom, and uh, we, and I, I, I characterize these in in six what I call six endowments, right? And mm -hmm. so these are, and I'll just go through these kind of briefly at the, and to a certain extent. Um, Remember, I'm writing. They're they're obvious, <laughs> okay. right? So to a certain extent, there's not going to be, you'll you'll recognize them, right? Yeah. So. So first we are um, first we are the wanderer, right? Yeah. Meaning that we are we are uh, looking 
for new hunting grounds, uh, but not just new hunting grounds. We're willing to expand um, and move and travel great distances uh, with our community as 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 explorers. Um, you know, once uh, fifty once once uh, humans uh, got on the go, if you will, from the cradle of civilization or or from the plains of Africa. Once we started to um, expand, it, it did not take us uh, more than a few thousand years to cover the entire uh, cover the entire globe. So um, we are wanderers, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that that's that's what we've done, and we continue to do that, right? So we we've been explorers and uh, all all the way up to where uh, we're very, and we've always we've always looked up, and what is over the next hill. And what is over the what is on the other side of that ocean? Um, you know. So is that number uh, two looked up? No, no, no. That's still the wanderer. The wanderer. Okay. Yeah. So, and then of course you know that that leads naturally to it looking up and wandering. We're 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 eager to wander beyond Earth as well. Um, next is a settler. So um, so the settler is one that says, oh, okay, wait a minute. I wandering's great, but you know, we gotta, we gotta, uh, we gotta create um, a little. We gotta create a little community for uh, for all our people in in our tribe or whatever it is. And we've got to set up things so we can protect ourselves from the outside world, right? So it was really with the, the with the settler instinct where we created a hut. Right, we created yeah. um, things that protected us from the uh, from the animal kingdom, right? Because we, you know, you had to be careful about that. Um, that was our beginnings of our being settlers, and then we, once we're settled, then we we create we we became problem solve. You know, we were also problem problem solvers, and uh, we we. Um, and got better and better at, at, at settling and, and protecting ourselves and so forth. And, and what, I would, what I would say is it was really from that moment that we became space settlers. Because what, it's interesting, it ties right back to what you were talking about. We, the first time we built a hut in the middle of, a, uh, in, in the middle of the forest so that people could go inside that hut and be protected from the outside environment yeah, we became space settlers because we were set. We we were protect, you know, and that is what is driven us all the rest of the time. And and and, and in a sense, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, people say it's unfortunate because we're we are so separated from nature, right? Most of us spend all of our the vast vast majority of people spend all of their time in the in the built environment, right? We rarely go into un you know, into the wilderness. Yeah, we don't, we don't, I just had this conversation while I was on the ladder with Lori. And I said, you know, I wonder what a horse would say when we're doing all this work to take care of the home. And they say, you know, we're just out here. We have a coat on. I spend time with my friends. I get to eat. We travel around and you are there scraping and painting your house. Like, is that a life? <laughs> it's, well, it's exactly. And the thing is, you know, we, we've gotten very good at building ourselves apart from apart from nature which yeah is people will say that's unfortunate but 
I will say that that was absolutely necessary. We had to do that. We had to separate ourselves so that we could continue the, the process of building these things. So, mm -hmm. so that's the settler that, that need to, to coalesce. Um, also, if we look back on the, um, on the terms expansion and complexity, these traits, the wanderer is the expansion trait going outward, the, um, the masculine, and then the settler is the complexity trait and the settler is feminine in, in, in gen very broad general terms. Um, to the next, uh, the next, to be care we have to be careful. And I'm not saying this in a bad sense. We've, we are, mm -hmm. we've more been aware of the right. multiplicity of, event, of gender. Right. Well, the, the, yeah. And we don't need to, obviously we're talking, we don't about need to go into the, that, but it's an interesting take that we're even adding the complexity there too, is that while we, the discussion has always been about male, female, is that we only we have two symbols? I don't know if there are nine symbols. When nine nine symbols. Well, I draw that. when you say settler, I draw the female symbol for male and the female symbol for female. So I'm actually drawing that near the words that you have. So we hmm. only have a male and a female symbol. What would be mm -hmm. the mixed gender? What what are these other genders represented by? Was the what came to mind? I don't know if we have them. I'm not sure what you're asking. You know how he, uh, a fe when you go, a female is a, a circle head with a cross on it. And a male right. is a circle with an arrow going up. Right. There's two right, symbols so that we see in our lives. Right. But we have multiple genders. There's more complexity to humankind than just two genders. Does that make right. sense? So what it I'm does. saying I'm, is, I agree with you. I'm not sure. So I, I just, I, it's a complexity. It's a complexity that we haven't embraced. And now we're spending more time yeah. on planet earth, looking at diversity of gender. So there's even a complexity there too. So I'm agreeing with so. you in terms mm -hmm. of how we're exploring this, mm -hmm. this whole complexity component. So I'm saying there's more complexity there. That's it. Oh yeah. 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 No, 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 certainly. And, and obviously, you know, this is, we're, we're trying to draw, you know, broad distinctions here, you know, and uh, obviously there's, you know, uh, uh, you know, certainly women could be much more effective wanderers and uh, men could be settlers. So it's not in the sense, it's not, uh, it's, it's not masculine feminine in, in the gender sense that, you know, and I, uh, so, but just to, uh, just, just to continue, I think uh, let me um, yeah. let me move move along. So you, so then we're uh, we're wanderers, we're settlers. Now we're inventors, right? And so this is where you get into the whole notion. Now we're 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 problem solvers. We're able to you know obviously to make simple tools, but simple tools turn into more. Eventually, we figure out better tools and better ways of doing things and how to build better huts and stronger huts and, and, uh, and eventually uh, uh, buildings and, 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 and all that. So you understand that the inventor is the always thinking of better ways of doing things, right? And, and if you have this trait, right, you're, you know, right, it, it's, it's, it's extremely useful over time because you're just always going to um, yeah, things, you know, life will generally get better for the, for the people. And that's kind of what's been happening. 
And again, I think of this as an expansion trait. So the, the um, you know, the, the inventor is sort of, you know, kind of wandering in his mind, trying to solve the, the problems as he sees them and so forth. And, and then the, the other side, the complexity side uh, uh, match to that is the builder, right? And so the builder then is now taking the invention and now they're the electrician, the bricklayer, the, you know, the person who's now replicating uh, that which has been invented, right? And then they are basically the creators. They're the creative, true creators of civilization because they're taking these, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, reproduce that many, many times over. And uh, so, and again, this is, it's, it's sort of this dance between the inventor and the builder, um, uh, you know, with the inventor create, creating things and the builder then reproducing those things over time. And it's been very, um, uh, it's, it's, it's gotten to us that, that that's more than anything has gotten to us where we are today. Um, then we have, uh, then we have beyond the inventor, we have the uh, visionary on the expansion, on the expansion scale, if you will. So this is somebody who uh, is more than a problem solver is someone who sees the, who, who sees the possibilities in the future. Right, can yep. can visualize a a whole new city. Can visualize a whole new um, uh, way of doing things. Um, so we, uh, you know, we have a lot of visionaries in our life uh, today. You know, uh, historically, it might have been a visionary leaders who uh, who saw uh, great empires, uh, uh, much to the chagrin of the people. They may be. Uh, yes. dominating but they are visionaries they see they see a world that they dominate or they see great cities uh, with libraries and um, and 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 great temples and um, you know so that the, the it's really the visionary who's able to tap into that um, science fiction writers of today obviously are our visionaries are creating whole new worlds we're visionaries because we see you know, we see that we could build a hut on the moon or we can build a space colony in free space and we can work towards that. Um, and then there's the, um, then on the complexity side, there's the, there's the protector. Um, and this is a, this is not the, uh, the protector who stands guard in front of the hut, more so the protector who sees the risks that, that may um, seize the risk that may impact their community or their larger society. And they are willing to do what they need to do to, um, uh, to mitigate those risks. And so these are, these are the uh, people who will build, um, uh, uh, who, who, who will maybe build a great wall with China mm -hmm. or they will have built them. Um, they, they, they will, they will put together a a fire department that would protect uh, protect a community, or they they are working to uh, they're working in the near Earth orbiting objects program, trying to figure out ways to um, well figure out ways to uh, protect us from uh, well not only errant asteroids but um, but uh, orbital debris, man made. So. 
they had, and, and this is this is very important for. Um, it, 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 it's a very important aspect of our culture and that we, if we're protected, we can move forward. If we're protected, civilization can continue to move in, forward. In, um, in your narrative, uh, and which is a little Project Moon Hut's, fa the foundation, ours is to improve life on Earth for all species. Does your protector protect the human DNA for the uh expulsion out into right. space or does it also protect mother earth well they would look at right so so the protector would look on the idea of space settlement as a way to um as a way to um uh diversify our population right so they're interested in maintaining our life that emerged on this planet so they're 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 going to say okay we've got to build this thing because it's going to protect our people and you hear that argument i think it, you you hear you do hear that argument quite 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 often stephen hawking's specifically said that that we need in order to ensure our our uh, survival we we're going to need to move off this planet so they are the ones that are that are doing that and they're also the ones that are looking um uh you know living off the the planet is a highly risky undertaking and so they're the ones that are going to be most concerned about safety and about um you know radiation protection and how do we you know guard against these these hazards and so they're the ones that are going to be most pushing for those uh those kinds of things because we want to be able to go when we go into space we want it to be in a way that is, um, you know, that 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 is not highly risky. One in a way that is, um, uh, where, where where people can feel this high degree of reliability and comfort and so forth. Um, would would anyway, you go ahead? Go ahead. Well, yeah. So you've got these. Um, uh, you've got these these six endowments, right? And the important thing. Um, in, in examining these uh, conclusions that I draw and looking at these six endowments, is that not only were they absolutely essential or needed for us to um, to go from, you know, the plains of Africa to uh, to to our our advanced sophistication where we are today, but they were the they they are the very um, they're the very traits that if you were to create a, um, a species that was responsible for uh, building seed pods to getting us off this planet, these are the traits that you would want them to have, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's, 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 again, it's, 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 it's interpreting what's it's 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 interpreting what's what's there right so that every so, every person has some of some elements some of these endowments in them right so right so if you i mean they're not uh they're not personality traits and then no try not to i, try I not don't to, I, I see them yeah. as as a propensity a propensity right so you might see yourself so you might say oh, you know what i'm i'm the visionary or i'm the builder i'm the guy that I, i'm the guy that gets it done you know kind of thing you need uh, you know um and uh it is uh and 
you also have um, right, and I, I, I mean, you can get you can be interesting to go down this road where, you know, people maybe have a primary, tr uh, primary uh, uh, endowment and maybe a secondary endowment, you know, um, and that kind of thing. So you 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 can see people that you know or that you or you yourself in in these in these traits. Um, what what are you? And, <laughs> you knew that was coming. Come on, come on. No, I wasn't. It wasn't even a trick question. I know. I, I'd have you're trying to, to avoid I, it. You wanted to move on, and I just no, no, no. I'd have to. I'd have to put myself in the uh, the visionary uh, category. Um, just to, in in terms of just seeing uh, a, a a future possibility. Um, but I need, you know, I, I you know, uh, visionaries need inventors and builders and settlers <laughs> need all the others to actually uh, uh, bring this all about. I, 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 um, but, I'm not mm -hmm. saying this in a negative sense. I'm saying this in positive sense. I, I, I believe with what you've described, this is all of Project Moon Hunt. You, mm -hmm. I think you did cover, and I have to think about more, mm -hmm. but the entire construct covers all four, all six of them. Mm -hmm. and, and no, it's, I, I believe it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, there's a guy, James Vaughan, V-A-G-H-A-N. He does amazing work, uh, artwork and graphics. And we spoke about four hours the other day. And his comment was that Project Moon Tut appears to be an all-encompassing plan that covers everything from Earth and the different types of people on Earth to, to space and everything else. And I think what you did here is, and I'm not complimenting Project Moon Hut, is I think you hear very eloquently and, and, and specifically gave six different endowments, you call them, or six different propensities that are necessary for a complete, not governance, because you used that word earlier, but a, a complete human capability to thrive. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that this is this this is, you know, these are the things that we collectively have, you know, um, and um, that are part of who we are. And, and like you said, I think I'd probably say that, that there's a tendency uh, amongst everybody to have all of these things, but they, uh, but some of these uh, some of these tendencies express more strongly and yes. And, some people than in others kind of Qu thing. quick so. quick jump we can come back to uh, where we are do you believe based upon your dna and there could be multiple multiverses and multiple other species being or creatures being formed around the universe they would also have these six so it's yeah, not human it's yeah. not human yeah. you have it as we know human has a purpose of six endowments it's that any any creature any life formed from the complexity of since the beginning of time would have these six endowments. Yes. I, I, I think if, or, or something very similar to it, mm -hmm. maybe because of the nature of the, that particular world, maybe they may need something else, but I think these, these are the things. So, so for example, you know, humans could have emerged and, and we could have just continued to be just a, a bipedal, you know, creature. Maybe our frontal lobe expanded, but we didn't necessarily have to build a, a, 
uh, a civilization, did we? You know, um, you know, uh, but but we but we but we did that. Um, but yes, so these these are uh, these are not only those those traits that allow uh, allowed us to thrive as a species, but is also the traits that have brought us to the brink, the very threshold of becoming a multiplanetary species. Um, is that an accident? I don't know. That's what. Uh, well, it, it's an interesting. <laughs> other people, you know. It's an interesting I mean, question because you, you're mm -hmm. coming up with these six. I immediately took it to the universe, and now mm -hmm. I'm saying, okay, so any any form that develops into a complex structure as known that can be self-aware, I bet that's a. I guess self-awareness might have to somehow be in this. Right. You know? I didn't try to. It may not be comprehensive. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be comprehensive, maybe... but self-aware to be able to. I mean, I don't think you can do all six of these if you don't have a a little bit of self-awareness. Well, right, right. And I think you know, I, I was thinking, well, you know, humans are curious. Well, maybe should curiosity be in there? You know. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I think that that's. Um, well, I'm not saying your six are. I'm there, not saying so. your six aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, Self-awareness is different, in my opinion, than these six. These six are more tied to actions that are taken in the endowment, not right, in right. the not in the creature's ability to be able to perform. Do you, right. you, I'm trying to separate them. Does that make sense? Right. And and self-awareness. I mean, we don't know exactly when self-awareness occurred. You know, no. were, were we were we self-aware when we were making simple tools or Okay, my, my wife will tell you that I'm not self-aware today. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I need there a few more thousand years. <laughs> but this does uh, get to the point um, of the um, uh, of the seventh endowment. So you, you had right. one in there, the humankind's obligations, and then you have the seventh endowment. So right. So the um, right. So all of this is pointing I mean, I, you know, the, these endowments are actions collectively as a society over time and um, uh, are, are pointing to, if you just want to look at our actions and not look at our internal desire, um, you, these actions are pointing us in this direction, right? Up until uh, what's today? Uh, Today is September twenty eighth. September twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Some places it's twenty nine, but we'll take twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. So we're even up to today. All yep. of our actions have, have brought us to the brink. Now, that's not going into space is not the only thing that we're doing. Um, you know, and I think that the um, that isn't the, our only raison d'être. Um, I think that we uh, uh, we're serving probably serving other purposes. Uh, by developing uh, the, the digital world and by developing uh, our progeny in the form of artificial intelligence and, you know, where that will take. And so um, they, you know, the, it, it's a more complex, more nuanced role, I would say that we play, but I'm saying amongst that, which we are uh, are have been put here to do one of those things certainly is to is to carry the seeds that we have gotten to this point and through this what i call this um 
we feel the sense of urgency, the sense of um, uh, the sense of desire is coming from this evolutionary impulse, which is which is informing, you know, and, and there's no other way for me to describe it. And I know it's getting woo woo. And I, I apologize for that. No, no, you, you use two amazing words. You said urgency. And I said, no, no, definitely. I have an urgency. Yeah. And then I said, desire, do I have a desire, but I'm drawn to keep on working on this project. So yes. to look at me individually, I don't have a love of it, right. but I can't stop. Right. There's an urgency there. And I, I've tried to stop myself I, uh, in, in the past for brief periods of time. Say, what the hell? Why am I bothering to do this? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of a lot of advocates have asked themselves that over. Uh, <laughs> I asked myself, it was just a day or two ago. I said, why am I bothering with all this work? And today mm -hmm. I just signed up to have between 100 to 500 students around the world, all the way up to university level work with Project Moon Hut. And I said to myself, when I'm done, what am I doing? <laughs> we have enough people working on this and we're now gonna work with an organization that wants to bring on 500 um, middle school to university students to help us work on this. And I, 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 I just, he, so those two words were perfect. You, I don't think Good. you went to a weird space. You went to a place that made me take a breath and sit backwards and say, oh my God. That's you were perfect. Mm -hmm. And so that is the, it is, um, it is, an, it is an obligation that we feel, right? And I think that it is a, um, I think we need to begin to, uh, uh, you know, look at it that way. It, it helps to look at what we're doing as, uh, as, as an essential element of the evolution of the life that emerged on this planet of which we are part and parcel of that evolutionary process. Um, you know, we are, and, and we, we can't avoid being part of it. Right. So there's, you know, I mean, evolution is ongoing and we're, and we're part of life and therefore we're, we're part of that ongoing process. Um, and I think and that, that kind of gets to, and I spoke a little bit about this twin obligation that, you know, we, we, we reach out, right? And so ultimately the planetary expansion or expanding beyond our planet, what is that? That is the expansion principle at work, right? Yeah. To get off this planet. And then of course the planetary stewardship, what is that? That is the coming in and the complexity that is gonna be required to heal the planet again. Right. So these two, so these two yin yang, these are two, two matching harmonic uh, activities for humanity that we need to, um, we need to uh, embrace collectively and, and get over any kind of um, discussion or argument that there's a difference between that. And um, so that we can move forward. And I think, um, part of this, and this is sort of the seventh endowment that I, that I, I bring up. And I think this has to do, this gets back to my, um, you know, dark night of the soul moment, if you will, it is that becoming, you know, that, that becoming conscious, that conscious that we are part of this evolutionary process. And by, by becoming conscious of that, we can then help to propel it 
even further, more, 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 more efficiently, and you know, kind of stop all of the um, uh, the the difficulties and the you know the you know all the all the things that might get that block us from getting there. So, um, and that's what we call the conscious evolver. You know, that this we need to be. You know, you talk about the Homo sapiens sapien. You know, it's um. You know, we we need to be conscious that we have been on this path and for for many many years, and we need to fulfill this. And once we fulfill that, both the planetary stewardship and the human expansion beyond Earth, you know, then we can we can kind of there can be we can kind of settle into that, if you will, uh, for 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 a time, as a as as a, as a civilization. Because I think a lot of the, a lot of the unrest. Well, this is where I'm, you know, uh, I'm woefully speculating, and you know, <laughs> where the a lot of the unrest is the fact that we're, we're we continue to to remain on this planet as on a single planet, which is um, kind of stretching at the seams on on so many in so many ways, political and otherwise, and that once we can get that foothold in space on the moon and elsewhere as as a civilization there'll be a release of of this of this tension and hopefully that will have an impact uh, geopolitically and that's all i got man no no, no. it's <laughs> uh, the it's not all you you <laughs> but I, when when I reach out to someone to be on a podcast, and I think you know have already experienced this, I'm looking to have that experience that I learn something from. I think you can get that. It's not just a I want to have a podcast that's going to be every week, and I'm going to put on anybody I can. There is a deliberate timing that says, I am interested. If I'm not interested in the topic, you won't be on because I'm not trying to fill a week. We want, we want real good material. And the first time reaching out to you, it's been what, three months, four months since we started this conversation. And I expected this to be very, uh, very heavily governance oriented. Because we talked about governance. We, we had this whole discussion about governance, and it's part of the Project Moon Hut's three, third module, which is governance. And it's so surprising and, and interesting that you took me on a journey in a place I never – I'm not a gambler. I got married. I've owned businesses. Some people would say that's gambling. But I've, I never married. would have thought you would have taken me here. Never. And you, I'm, I'm going to say, you really have to learn. I think there would be a value in understanding Project Moon Hut because I think you could be a huge contributor in a very positive sense because we are covering, you just talked about political. So we have six meta challenges, climate change, mass extinction, explosive imbalance, social displacement, resource depletion, and political unrest. 
not the 17 SDGs are very difficult for me to remember which one is which. And I don't think I know anybody who remembers all 17. You kind of touched on with your mother earth. And so I, I think it was, I think it was brilliantly done. I, I had mm -hmm. uh, an unbelievably great journey going through this with you. Well, good, good. And obviously this is, um, this is a philosophical exploration of mine. Um, certainly invite, I mean, there is, there is a website if you go uh, uh, to obligationbook.com. Um, I invite people to go on this journey, but I'm also, you know, very much uh, grounded in, in uh, otherwise grounded in, in, the, the, in, in policy discussion through Beyond Earth. And there's a lot of work uh, to be done. Hopefully, we'll be able to work with you guys um, on on that. And of course, Spacecom. Uh, Spacecom is a very B two B. You know, where's the <laughs> where's the dollar to be made in space? You know, right now. And um, and all of these are important important aspects. Um, and again, if it's, if if this if this philosophical way of thinking. Um, inspires anybody to say or feel a little bit more right about what they're doing, um, then I think it's useful. I, I would I say, I, I would, if, I, if you don't mind, I'd reframe that. If this gives someone a better understanding of a perspective that helps contribution, helps community to live together, helps the global citizenship and the, and I always go after all species on earth, I think then that's a value because it's a lot of what you've drawn up also will be challenging for some people to get their mind around. It's, it, you've, you've, even just the beginning is a tough one to, there's a big bang, second later, <laughs> three seconds later and everything exists and every molecule exists in the whole planet and there's a DNA. So there's a lot of leaps of faith in what you're saying. So I think that the, just to be able to explore a different way of thinking, I think is a value. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I, again, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm, I'm ec ecstatic that we went in this new direction because I was explaining on a completely different conversation. So, uh, I want to thank everybody out there who took the time to listen in today. I hope that you learned something today that will make a difference in your life, the lives of others, and the future of uh, all species on Earth. So uh, once again, the Project Moon Hut Foundation is we are looking to establish a box with a roof and a door on the moon, a moon hut named by Manasseh through the accelerated development of Earth and space-based ecosystem so that we get there faster and then use those endeavors, that paradigm shifting, those innovations to kind of relate back to what we just talked about back onto Earth or Mother Earth to improve how we live on Earth for all species or to, to make the mother whole again in a way that the only way we can do that according to what we've heard today is to step off our uh, planet Earth. So what is Steve, the best single way for people to connect with you? Simply Steve at beyondearth.org. Beyondearth.org. So remember, and you can also check out obviously the website. If you're looking to connect with me, you can reach me at david at 
projectmoonhut.org. Uh, connect on Twitter at, at projectmoonhut. You could also do at Goldsmith if you want to get me directly. We are on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. And if you're interested for me, uh, Mr. David Goldsmith on Instagram. And as we expand around the world, if you're looking to help us, always love to hear from you. So for that said, well, that said, I am David Goldsmith. And thank you for listening.